Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is born. Amen. Last night we spoke of Judas, but tonight I want to contrast him with another person who fell almost as hard as Judas. That was St. Peter, who is highlighted in tonight's uh, gospel, doing what he usually does, putting his foot in his mouth, and by at first refusing to accept Jesus' washing of his feet. And in studying his fall, we can, as we did with Judas again, gain some lessons for ourselves. Throughout the time before this moment, Peter is enthusiastic, perhaps overly so. Romanticizing the situation, he talks way too easily, like I said, usually putting his foot in his mouth. And we heard countless examples in our, and we've heard countless examples in our lectionary readings over the course of the year. Peter is the first to confess Christ. He says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But instead of relying on that confession and all that it would mean, he is just after that trying to tell the Lord what it means rather than accepting what it means. He says to Jesus, You can't, you can't be given up and die. And of course, the Lord rebukes him and says, Get behind me, Satan. Peter seems to speak out of nervousness on Mount Tabor and what is the dramatic revealing of our Lord's divinity talking about building the uh, booths that would be appropriate to the time of the season, but sort of in an odd uh, way. Then uh, when there's the first exodus of Jesus' disciples, uh, when Jesus explains to them that he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him, in that case, Peter's the first to express his allegiance. He assures the Lord that though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. And, Peter continues, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. And of course, Jesus assures him that he will indeed deny him on uh, this evening, not once, not twice, but three times. So, then, as they're in the garden on this evening, Peter's confident enough in his own power to fall asleep rather than watch and pray. And we'll try, we're going to try to do that for just one hour tonight with the Lord ourselves. And then when the Lord is captured, Peter takes this weak but actually quite dangerous route of stepping right into the danger, but trying to stay afar off, not willing to face it. He doesn't go with Christ right into the, into the jaws of the lion. He wants to try to avoid it, but he can't. And the people notice he's there, and when he's confronted, it goes from bad to worse. He starts by simply denying it. Then it says he denies it with an oath. And then he says he starts to curse and swear that he does not know Jesus which is quite the shocking change from thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, to really know who he was, the first to know that, to then say, I know not the man. And how often do we go from being here in his presence 
confessing as Peter did that he is the Christ to then walking out those doors and acting in our own self-reliance and confidence in ways that show we know not the man. But the story ends differently from Peter than it does for Judas. What's different? When the rooster crew, Peter remembered what Jesus had said, and he wept bitterly. Jesus was with Peter in that moment. Yes, Jesus had tried to save Peter from himself, just as he did Judas. But Judas' heart was too hard, too far gone, too impatient. Somehow, Judas couldn't hear the Lord's love anymore, but Peter could, and it broke him. And in the midst of that failure, we again see that Peter's heart is really in the right place. And that is what the Lord cares about. Now, I can't say that Peter handled things perfectly thereafter. It doesn't seem that his first words upon seeing Jesus after the resurrection were, I'm sorry, you were right. Instead, it seems that Peter got stuck in a little bit of self-loathing, having gone back to his daily routine. And then there was that one morning in the account at the end of St. John's Gospel, where they're fishing, and Jesus shows up on the shore. And St. John says, hey, that's the Lord. And Peter, not really having changed a bit, it seems, throws on his coat and jumps in the sea and swims in rather than coming in by the boat like the rest of them did. Because Peter still loved the Lord that much. Where Judas had been stuck still worrying about himself. And in, in this beautiful moment, which is clearly a direct counter in every way to the moment where Peter denies Christ, because we see uh, several parallels. One, one, probably one of the most important, if you recall in St. John's Gospel, they're warming themselves by a charcoal fire, it says. And that word... That, char that means charcoal. That's the only, other, the only other place it happens is remember where else Peter was warming himself by a charcoal fire? When he's denying Christ. And so this has already set the scene. That they're, they're, and those are the only places that word appears in the New Testament. And then this, there's this beautiful exchange between Peter and Jesus that's somewhat lost in our English translation. Peter the Lord asked Peter three times whether he loves him. But what the Lord really says is, Peter, do you agape me? Do you have that self-sacrificial love for me that you really need to be my follower? And in the first instance, Peter won't say that. He says, I filio you. I have brotherly love for you. Jesus asks again, do you agape me? Do you really love me the way you need to? And Peter can't, still can't go there. And he says, no, I have brotherly love for you, Lord. And then the Lord condescends to Peter, meeting him where he's at and says, do you have brotherly love? Jesus was trying to get him to move up to him and Peter couldn't do it. And it, it frustrates Peter, frustrates him. And of course, Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I have brotherly love for you. And this is the good news of the gospel. The Lord will always try to save us from ourselves. And when we fail, and we will, and we have, he's going to come and get us if we don't cut ourselves off from him. You know, we discussed a couple of times in the last few weeks of Lent about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. 
which is just cutting yourself off from the grace of God. God can't help you if you won't let him help you. So as long as we remain open to God's work in us, as Peter did, but Judas didn't, even if we think we're beyond help, if we are willing to remain open to God's work in us, we can trust that God can and will continue to chase us and transform us. And we know, in the case of Peter, that Peter was indeed transformed because we can read his epistles. Peter later realizes the need to watch and pray as he'd failed to do in the Garden of Gethsemane, saying, Be sober, be vigilant, for our adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And he encourages his hearers with his own experience, saying, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. We know Peter was considered first among the apostles, and if Jesus could trust him after all he did wrong to do his good work, then the good news is we know he trusts us to do it too. And Peter learned to really suffer with the Lord. He ultimately had that agape love. He says in his epistles, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And we know that Peter was indeed martyred for his faith. This time, his life was on the line again. And he didn't stay afar off. He didn't say, I don't know the man. But rather, when you see this man, me, Peter, you see Jesus. And when you see Jesus, you see the Father. He put on Christ, and he did not deny him. This time he said, Lord, I agape you. And tonight, we are called to the same self-sacrificial love of Christ, to suffering and death, but also to his victory on the cross, to his re resurrection. And may we join with Peter in saying, Lord, I agape you. Talks at Advent homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.